All right, what is up everybody? Zombies here again, and today we are back with episode 16 of the Fighting Pit Podcast. I am joined here by one of my co-hosts here, Mullahoo. How's it going, Mullahoo? Good, good. We're tired, we're good, and we went 2-2 at FNM, so we could be better, but we're ready to uh, pick some winners, very excitingly. Yeah. And, uh, get back into it. Super exciting stuff. Um, Wizard Beast will probably be joining us again next week. This month has been a little tricky with schedule coordination stuff, but hopefully uh, April will be a little bit more of a return to normalcy and maybe some other new guests coming on eventually. We'll figure all that stuff out in the not-too-distant future, but really excited to kind of dive into our kind of community contest giveaway results uh, before we get into uh, you know the winners here. I do just want to say thank you to everyone who submitted. There were just so many really, really great submissions, so much creativity. People put a lot of time and effort into it and really enjoyed looking over every single one of those custom mercenaries. Really wish we could pick more than two, but two is all we have to give away. So maybe in the future, uh, you know, who knows what the future holds, but for this time it's going to be two. But even if your design didn't make it, just know that we do really appreciate all the effort that was put into them and always love seeing what the community has to come up with because we've got some really creative people in the community who came up with some really cool stuff and stuff I'd really like to see implemented to the game eventually. Um, so yeah, thank you everyone for participating. Um, we're going to dive right into it though. And uh, speaking of dive, our first winner here is a Sir Finley mercenary. So we know Finley is showing up. He's getting a new card in the upcoming expansion. Would not be surprised to see a Finley turn up in mercenaries as well, but absolutely loved the design of uh, this one. This was made by Saka Hillis. Uh, apologies if I am butchering your name, <laughs> but really love the design um the cool thing about this one and we had a few different people come up with uh different concepts uh for kind of similar things where you can transform your mercenary into a different class so you're not locked to one class we know the technology exists for this type of thing in the game through pve encounters uh, like uh, chromagus i think is the big one that can switch a bunch and this really felt like it just the big thing, at least for me, looking at uh, all the designs, I wanted uh, something that really felt like it represented the character as we know them in Hearthstone and in the greater WoW lore universe type stuff. And to me, this the decision to have Finley be able to swap between the three different classes really, it, it, it felt symbolic of how in base hearthstone whether it was uh, original finley or the highlander finley you got to change your hero power you got to do something that no other card in the game for the most part really lets you uh change like uh, you're locked into that hero power that's kind of a known thing in the game and finley says no we're gonna just take that flip it on its head and make the game play totally differently and so I think this was one of the the best ways to kind of represent a mechanic like that in Mercenaries. Um, it's just, it's really interesting being able to be like, he can be whatever role 
you want him to be or need him to be in that moment, kind of jack of all trades, but master of none. And I think that really speaks to uh, what we've seen of Finley in the past in Hearthstone. Yeah, this is one of the mercs that I think one of the reasons why we kind of tie broke in the favor of Finley here was, yeah, like Zombies was saying, a lot of people kind of messed around with, okay, whether it's shape-shifting, whether it's role reassignment and that kind of stuff, but this felt like one of the best examples of it, and it also just satisfied so many of the things we were already talking about, kind of hoping for, right? This does, this is that, I mean, they played to it, they just played to their outs, right? They We talked about wishing that we had a red Murloc, right? Because mm -hmm. it looks like the Murloc tribe needs some support and Definitely. both of the picks that we picked for this event or this giveaway were both kind of mercs that would fill in a role really well that doesn't have uh that position filled yet and so imagine this with uh merc eye right and you're all of a sudden you're just making finley a 15 attack character mm -hmm. that now can start getting attacked in with merc eye and stuff and like like you said already uh great great themes great great flavor i actually didn't even realize uh the three different abilities have the three different color schemes to them too. Yeah. Even it's a nice though it's, touch. it's already the thing. So it's just like, like cute stuff like that is always sweet. Um, fits really well. Might be a predictive kind of Merc. Like we were joking around before we learned about Deathwing and Leroy and stuff that we did that on stream and we had people design some Mercs. We literally designed Deathwing and Leroy before they got released for free and forever and so just doing stuff like this again shout outs to everybody again that did this, this is super duper cool and it still might mean that your Merc you might see the version of your Merc made later as we did uh already so I love this one honestly my favorite part about it is probably uh sneakily the the Maxwell equipment mm -hmm. where you get to summon it's it's a cool little uh allusion to finley's mount like their little sand scarab mount that they made the buddy in battlegrounds um but i love the idea of getting like a very oh, yeah. fragile summon that is like a counter summon that it kind of you can play it and it, with frost elementals that people from belinda are playing or mukla monkey and uh, just Eudora and stuff, right? Like there are so many cool cards that just that equipment counters. We don't really see many equipment that are counter equipment for a meta or for a specific strategy or anything like that. And even if it doesn't counter anything, you get a 25-5. And that alone, like Zombies pointed out earlier, it, it's a beast. So you can buff it with Rexar. You can do all kinds of cool stuff with it. So there was a lot of nice, cute, tight, dynamic things about this that I think, yeah, it might be Cahill in terms of how to pronounce your name. I'm not sure about your name. Sorry, but I, I recognize this person, right? I've seen them around the community. Um, but yeah, I, I love this one. I thought it came out super good. Ton of a uh, ton of really cool, cool, uh, even one, two, three, like defend the beach, defeat the attackers, deliver justice, like that kind of popsicooler style uh, one ability that another ability and it ramps up is well designed. Um, so yeah, well played all around. Yeah, really great. Uh, I am going to just speed read through what they are, what they do for our audio only uh, people. And we will have the links in the description where you can uh, check these out. But I'm going to do it really fast because we know that it can take some time to do stuff like this. So we're not going to do like any deep diving analysis. Um, but Sir Finley, Protector, Murloc, 10 attack, 73 health, max stats. First ability, defend the beach, one speed, zero cooldown, become a protector, gain plus five, plus ten, gain taunt for two turns. Then uh, ability number two, defeat the attackers, four speed, zero cooldown, become a fighter, gain plus five attack and attack an enemy. And then last ability, deliver justice, holy, 
6 speed, 2 cooldown, become a caster, remove your stat increases, deal that much damage to all enemies. Really cool stuff there. And then I love the equipments, especially I think they made some great choices in the art for the equipment. Uh, find find purpose, battle cry, choose to become a protector, fighter, or caster. So that's pretty cool as you can't, you know, become a caster on turn one normally. So that can kind of prevent some damage, stuff like that. Pretty neat. Uh, adaptive improvements, passive, minus five, minus ten. Whenever stats are gained, gain twice as many. So that can be pretty scary, plus 10 attack, plus 10, plus 20 stats, pretty scary. And then Maxwell, like you mentioned, uh, Battlecry, summon a 25-5 beast that attacks summoned minions. So we haven't really seen a anti-summon summon before, so I think that's a, a pretty cool thing. Uh, only downside is uh, Kazakus would kind of eat this alive with his... Uh, his little golems but other than that i think this is a cool way to uh kind of counter opposing summons it would be interesting to see if something like this would work in the initial summoning phase like would this slam into eudora cannon would this slam into muckle's big brother before I think so it, it should yeah because i think it does it'd be text on the card right so even yeah. without it being an attack phase it, it would just auto do it at the start of the game so i think that's really cool and all around just absolutely love the design so uh definitely big props there great job really just i i mean i hope we get a character like this like i think we will see sir finley in uh get it in like two weeks or whatever <laughs> yeah and that's soon really soon yeah it's so we'll have to wait and see on that but again congrats to them they did a great job on this and it's just both thematic and just a, a fun design and like Mal who mentioned it fills in a kind of a needed thing for a tribe that hasn't really gotten a lot of support so far so i think it just felt like a, a great pick for us so that is our first one here and we'll get into number two uh you may notice a similar vibe here as we did pick another character from a tribe that is under supported and it, this feels like it would be supplying a needed role in the game as well as being very thematic kind of on point with the character in you know it's it's hearthstone and lore uh origins so this one is going to be malganis uh, this one is by rexan rexan has made a bunch of custom mercenaries in the past and i really do love the designs they've come up with um, this is definitely one of my favorites. So, uh, yeah, what are your what are your initial thoughts on uh, this one, Malhu? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Workson's been going crazy, but putting out a ton of different mercs. As soon as we started talking about, before we even announced a giveaway, they were cranking them out and coming on a, all of our streams and stuff and posting them on the Discord. And almost like single-handedly, I don't know if anybody has designed more than Workson. And so Malganus here is almost kind of like diametrically opposed to Finley. If you kind of see Finley as this like all good character, the little tiny Murloc good character. And then we have the freaky uh, super demon overlord evil character on the other side of the spectrum that we picked. Um, but yeah, I, in that same vein, I love so many parts about this kit for Malganus. Again, this fills that fell gap. And so I'll, I'll go through the, the actual abilities and equipments again quickly as well. But so Malganus is in this case now a an epic caster, 11 attack, 79 health. So again, another like high attack attacking caster, which is a cool niche to fill. 
Fell Claws is a seven speed, no cooldown. You attack somebody and then apply plus five fell weakness to them. So combines with all the other fell abilities quite well. Mm -hmm. Second ability is Fell Screen Blast, which I really liked. Just again, being able to take an ability from standard or a card that kind of people are familiar with. I'd love to see more people design more mercs like this, where they actually kind of introduce a card into their kit that kind of tracks pretty much one to one. But so in this case, it's three speed, one cooldown. So it's fast, but it, you don't have a ton of them. Again, just kind of like standard. Give all enemies plus eight fell weakness this turn. Deal two damage to them the first time they act. So basically a deal 10 to everybody, but it's got some more stuff going on. It's a fell ability itself and it sets up for all your other fell synergies. You got some uh, Rathion setups here. Um, but my favorite ability is this final ability. It's super ultimate, essentially. Um, so again, good scaling of the abilities to have no cooldown, one cooldown, two cooldown, kind of follows one, two, three. Always love to see it. Two cooldown, eight speed, dark conversion. Choose an enemy or an ally. Swap stats with it and apply plus five fell weakness to it. And so what this jumps out to me, honestly, is the fact that if, if you're swapping stats with Malganus, if so, if they start attacking your Malganus and put him down to like 10 health or 20 health, they ever don't clear him, right? There is this really cool punish in Dark Conversion where you suddenly get to swap your 1120 Malganus with their brand new 1080 mm -hmm. Merc, right? It's almost this weird, like crazy heal that also does a ton of damage, but it has some setup. It's slow. You can play around it as a big cooldown, but it's nice and powerful and it has big setup with the fell weakness. Um, the fell weakness in this case is now permanent, so you can one-shot it again at the beginning of the next turn um, with a fell screen blast, potentially. So I, I love that ability. think it's super cool. Very malganus feeling. Mm -hmm. Very, like, extreme bad guy. Like, no, I am just 16 <laughs> you and taking all your health. Like, that's cool. That's super-duper interesting. But you can do it with allies if you want to. So if you want to just, like, heal your person or all kinds of stuff, malganus has a setup. So I love all the abilities. Very cool. Has the attacking in there. Has... Maybe almost too much fell weakness, but it's a cool way to do fell in a sense, right? Where like mm -hmm. fell we like weakness being tied to fell almost makes more thematic sense than fire Definitely. weakness or frost weakness. I think so too. Um, and so that I, super duper cool. And going through the equipment real quick, all the equipments are actually really on point in terms of flavor, which is a big tiebreaker for me. I think in in terms of picking Malganus here is this. So the first equipment is vampiric aura. Passive damage dealt by this Merc restores that much health to this Merc. So it just has lifelink on all your abilities. Wow. Maybe it's busted. It <laughs> yeah. could just be straight busted, right? I think that's but, a little busted. I mean, it's only healing Malganus, and it, it finally incentivizes some specific targeted anti-heal, which I actually think is cool. Like, True. that is an angle to the meta that the healing has kind of just been like, there's way too much of it, and it's just on everybody, and so the single targeted anti-heal isn't really good enough. But here, this could finally be a merc where if Malganus is just cracked, then you can start targeting him. It's not like Malfurion where you cut one person's healing, and they're still getting a heal for 12 mm -hmm. and other dudes or more, and then it's every time, and so you just get around it too easily. Um, or like a Holy Nova, and it heals everybody no matter what. So I actually would love to see a little bit more of this kind of like lifelink kind of deals with this. Um, and again, it's thematically, it fits their character in like Warcraft 3 and whatever else they were played in um so i love that cool cool first equipment it makes you want to play it right uh, every <laughs> equipment in my opinion for some of these new mercs you kind of be like oh, oh i want to play that and then you read the second one and you're like oh i want to try that one and you yeah try the definitely third one, you look at the third one you're like oh wait a minute that one's sick too like that was something we didn't have in the early mercs but we're starting to get more now 
So the second equipment is Will of Tychondrius, which is another cool, flavorful one. Passive, your demons take three less damage. We've seen this in Yulon. If anything, it's a less powerful version of Yulon, right? But I think Yulon says your other mer your other dragons uh, take less damage. Yep. So in this case, now Will of Tychondrius actually protects Malganus himself. So it is kind of closer to a Cornelius kind of passive. Mm -hmm. So that's nice and juicy. Again, pays off your demons, gets in those Jaraxxus. Now it affects your summons. So those summon demons from Jaraxxus take less damage. So another really cool, sick equipment, build around equipment, which is very exciting. And then the final, potentially most spicy equipment is called Carrion Swarm, which again, these a lot of these abilities feel like they're taken from Warcraft, like the original Warcraft stuff where Malgana shows up, which is, again, good flavor, good design. Um, but passive, at the end of each turn, apply Fell Bleed 2 to all Ooh. enemies. I love that it's an alternate type of a bleed, that it's basically applying like a dot, right? Like mm -hmm. there, we could get a fire dot, like a fire bleed or a frost bleed or a nature bleed. I think that would be really cool. But obviously this synergizes with fell weakness and whether or not you have any fell weakness, just a bleed every turn very well fits this carrying swarm, just like this pulsing, just put this dot on you and make you just get punish you. And if you don't heal, it can stack up and get really nasty and out of hand. So all three of these equipment are sick. All three of the abilities are sick. The stat line is actually really well balanced. It's a good epic. It's a good example of an epic that doesn't necessarily have to be a legendary. Mm -hmm. um, fits into a brand new tribe. Cool color. Works for the Jaraxxus deck. Works for the demon deck. Um, just all, all around a big fan. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And, you know, we do have that precedent with uh, some passive abilities already, even though they don't uh, specify, you know, being a certain element or whatever, there's a precedent already for this in the game, right? Like mm -hmm. Barden's Death Rattle scales off Frost. Uh, what's it? Uh, Anixia now has that, uh, you know, that trigger when a dr friendly dragon dies, you deal seven. That gets scaled up by fire damage. Mm -hmm. So the precedent already exists for something like this. And I think this is a very clever and thematic way of leveraging all that uh, fell weakness, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, some of the thing, I do think. Uh, vampiric aura is probably a bit too good i think maybe if it was a little bit more like uh you restore half the damage dealt or whatever it'd probably be a, that, that i think that'd be a little bit more realistic towards something they would print because we have seen how absurd it can be when a character is able to heal for 60 in a turn like sinestra or something which isn't unrealistic given how much uh, fell weakness you can slap on stuff but yeah fell stream blast definitely heals for maybe way too much but uh, that was basically what the flavor of fell stream blast was right mm -hmm. like they managed to find a way to have fell stream blast gain the ton of life that it i mean you're always just getting ilganoth into the dirt anyways and standard with it but <laughs> theoretically it does have lifelink on it already like it yeah. does it matches person right just in terms of like messing around with these designs uh, they, i think they they did a good job even if it's a little bit too pushed but are you gonna tell me this this character is more pushed than sinestra like <laughs> probably not probably not and there's a little bit of balancing here in terms of the speed like even though they have incredibly powerful stuff you can't mm -hmm. get those heals off very quickly i mean fell screen blast is the fastest ability they have but that on its own is already on one cooldown and the other two are just very, very slow. And yeah. on top of that, you know, Malganus is a blue. And there are a lot of powerful greens right there, right now in the meta. You know, Valera, Belinda, Nefarian, Sinestra. Blues get deleted rather quickly. And looking at some of the other uh, units we have in demons right now, 
unless they're willing to do another kind of big buff patch for some of these initial launch mercs, I think the only way demons are going to see play in their current form is if we do get some really stacked, like, or even just one really stacked new demon that can kind of push them over the edge a bit and make it so it's not awful having them in your party. Because right now it's tried demons, tried to make it work. It just does not work. I mean, yeah, the, the synergy is just lacking. Same thing with Murlocs. It, it feels like these are, you know, if if I had to pick two tribes and all of mercenaries that are clearly going for tribal themes that just aren't really fully there, it would be demons and murlocs. Like it, it's just they, there are some other tribes that haven't been super supported, but most of those tribes don't really feel like they're going for tribal synergy, so it doesn't really matter as much. Like Sylvanas is an undead. And Tamsin is an undead. Neither of them have abilities that are relevant to that tribe at all. Maybe we'll see one eventually, but the characters clearly aren't trying to uh, push that for the tribe that they're in. Whereas Murlocs and Demons, they want more Murlocs or they want more Demons. So I think these just felt like, you know, out of all the stuff I saw, and and like you said, flavor on point, I think very, very uh, good job making the abilities everything just feel like it fits the character very well and they're just characters i could realistically realistically see coming into the game eventually uh, like how you said we we kind of predicted leroy and uh deathwing so i would not be surprised especially with finley showing up in the expansion i'm i'm kind of expecting a finley merc so it'll be cool to see if yeah, how how close yeah, do they get right exactly because it was awesome getting to review Wizard Beast's Deathwing design and seeing how it compared and contrast to actual Deathwing, and he actually almost nailed the uh, the stats, and, and like even one or two of the abilities were a little bit similar. So I think that's super duper cool, um, and I think this is just a great way to engage with the community and get some creativity flowing. Think about you know the future of mercenaries and what is possible because that's one of my favorite things about the game is it's it's not necessarily about where it is right now it's about what you can do in the future as this pool expands and we've already seen in you know a relatively short period of time just how things have been totally upended like we've brought this up on the show before but if you go back to launch a month after launch and you told someone yeah, Karen Diablo Cookie, that's not really around anymore. <laughs> I think you'd get looked at like you had a third head. Like, <laughs> it's just, if people, I don't think people would have believed you. Like, the amount of calls for nerfing Diablo because of his comboing with Karen, and then Cookie came out, made it even crazier, and gave them more health. And it was just so insane. And we talked about it back then, how it felt like the the thing you were working towards is like the, the good backbench, and then eventually you know, nature was found as kind of a counter backbench, but even then it still showed up in so many things and it, it just feels like it has, the game has changed so much uh, since then. And we've only, ad- we've added, you know, a fair amount of mercenaries. The pool is increased by, I guess like half ish. Like, right. I, yeah. We've probably had like 30 new mercs or something like that. Something around there. I think it launched with just over 50, and now we're at 77, so it's like 20, 25, rough estimate there. Um, so that's a huge amount of characters to add. And another thing we've talked about before, basically, 
there is a notable shift in terms of design with uh, these new mercenaries. Obviously, and we do have confirmation uh, from this from uh, Charles, one of the, the balance uh, testers for the mode, uh, basically talked about how currently mercenaries designed, uh, they're designed, you know, some are designed more with PvP in mind, some are more designed with PvE in mind, but they are designed in a way where they want to be playable in both. Um, they don't purely design a character just for one or the other. Uh, which was a question someone asked, which was kind of interesting, because um, it came up in designing this. Uh, we had uh, someone in the community design a character that was pretty much just designed for PvP, but it didn't really work in PvE because of how the abilities were designed. So it was cool to get a little bit of insight there. Really appreciate that. Um, and But he even mentioned how if they did eventually down the road... Uh, change the philosophy where they could design a character purely for one or the other, it would really open up some interesting space. So that's kind of something we're thinking about. Like it, it just shows there is so much potential um, with what you can do with characters in this mode. And we've already seen them kind of ramp up the complexity rather quickly in terms of what these characters can do. Like if you compare Long Jin to any <laughs> launch mercenary, like it's just like a league of its own, in my opinion, compared to like just the amount of stuff you can do with it and the amount of stuff that's relevant, especially when we remember launch mercenaries, it was like your, your task seven was your best item. Like that's why we banned it in the popper event because task seven for like 80, 90% of characters that was their best item. And maybe they had another okay item and then a terrible third one or just both other ones were terrible. We aren't seeing as much of that, which is great because I think variety in terms of items especially now that you can lock in a specific item to a specific comp is a great way to promote build diversity and give you more strategies with uh with a character right like i can run long Jin in nature dragons and have that swap on turn one which is very powerful and important or i can go a full dragon build and have that you know scaling from your dragons dying so i pop it off the bench and it has plus 20 arcane damage or something ridiculous mm -hmm. same character that's but a very slept on equipment oh yeah i think but it plays a totally different way and that's something i love about the design and i think we saw you know a lot of potential in like just so so many of the designs we got in this contest so i can definitely see in the future uh this being something we do again because yeah. it was just a really fun way to engage with the community and doing it in a bit more of a creative way where it, really makes your your mind think about more of the the potential for what they can do with these characters in the long run like it feels like we've gone from to me at least it feels like we've gone from Merc's launch was like classic hearthstone or maybe could even say hearthstone with nax right there's a little bit of complexity but not a whole ton and then now what six months later I feel like we're already in mean streets like the yeah. <laughs> the power level and the complexity of abilities and characters and synergies has just jumped up a ton and i really like that and i think it is very promising for future mercs and the future of the game so mm -hmm. great stuff i agree great stuff GG's everybody thank, thank you. you i'll be yep. dming the winners and yeah so by the time this goes up uh, check your Twitter DMs uh, if you're one of our winners. You should find the codes there. So congrats again. Thank you, everyone, for participating. And hopefully this is something we can see more of in the future. And uh, thanks again to Play Hearthstone for uh, giving this opportunity to 
kind of uh, get something fun and creative going on with the community to kind of hype up the new expansion. Definitely, definitely. Thank you, thank you. All right, so that is our that is our uh, starting point. You know, <laughs> that's that's one of the bigger things. Uh, little community news type stuff. Uh, go over quickly here. Uh, reminder: finish up your Leroy event if you want Leroy or that cool diamond portrait. Uh, you have until April fifth. So. Yeah. Uh, this will be going up on the second so i think the fifth is tuesday when they're doing all the announcement stuff and um i think it's i think fifth is when it ends so i think the fourth is the last day and the fifth it ends i think that's how it worked last time um so do be aware you say finish it by monday or whatever it'll tell you in game it tells you like a, a countdown or whatever so if you want you can double check that but definitely get that done if you want that fancy diamond skin have some guides on my YouTube if you need a little bit of help with that. And if you're looking for some budget stuff, Old Guardian can definitely help you out there. He does a great job uh, giving people a variety of ways to complete that kind of stuff. So definitely grab that while you can, as those diamond portraits are very, very rare. So the fact that you can get one for free and get some Leroy coins along the way is great. A um, few bugs that were fixed recently in a recent hotfix. We talked about some of these bugs on the show last time. Uh, this time, uh, the most notable ones were uh, Yulon was not getting his extra damage procced on Nefarian when Nefarian would attack. This was, yeah, this was due to a bug where uh, spawn any character, and apparently Old Guardian actually confirmed this for me. Apparently, this came up in PVE actually, where it would not trigger on any character that had an attack and then summoned afterwards. Uh, so Nefarian's the first time we've really got that for like PvP, but I guess there were some PvE characters uh, that also did that, and this bug seemed consistent. So I don't know if it was it was either you or Dallas who like theorized that was the reason it was messing up last time, and I guess you were correct because yeah. that, that seems to be the uh, the thing that was messing it up. So that's fixed, great, and very very relevant in Dragon Mirrors because. If you attack with Neff on turn one and Yulon's out, you can get very, very punished because he basically just one-shots it. So worth knowing that definitely changes things a bit. And the other one, uh, I mean, it's even bigger, and this was uh, this might have been artificially boosting Nefarian's yeah, right, uh, Nefarian's win rate a bit. So uh, Nefarian's attack and healing from his skill two is no longer bugged with giving more attack and health than intended. This was happening when you would get either a friendly or enemy dragon either getting them down to zero uh, attack or stealing from them when they had zero. Something wasn't working right there. I know I ended up with like a 300 and even one time like an over a thousand attack Nefarian, which was very silly and uh, definitely made the the dragon, uh, dragon mirrors into a little bit of a clown fiesta. So... This, this, both of these were big ones that were actually pretty impactful on PvP, which not too many of the bugs we've had before were as impactful as this. So I'm happy they were able to fix these quickly because it, it came up more than pretty much any other bug uh, we've seen so far in the game. Um, you know, we've seen some come up before, but nothing was like this where, like, I literally won a few games off the back of that giant Nefarian that I had no business winning. Um, so happy to I, see I guess that. it kind of mirrors the Chi the Chi buff is probably the most or the Chi bug of when it was yeah too much damage on the firestorm is maybe the closest other like you were winning games of PvP because of this bug. 
Yeah, but that's a good comparison. Good. Honestly, it, it cheat, but I think this was even a little little sillier because you could still stop Chigi by you know just just focusing right. him down. Whereas just with Nefarian, you could kind of try and do that, but it was harder than usual to kill it because that Yulon bug, which you used... protection from <laughs> exactly, yeah, and it was just literally like. Insta death. It's like you gave him poisonous. He, he looks at something the wrong way and it's dead. Uh, I saw a screenshot of someone actually got. They did it in PVE where they got it up to like over a million attack or something because it just kept multiplying. So the, the numbers were like off the off the the character. It was pretty funny. That does kind of prove that it was like multiplying incorrectly mm -hmm. and not a, like adding incorrectly. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. So that's that's kind of a fun little thing. Uh, speaking of fun little things uh, and giveaway stuff. Uh, there is going to be a small tournament event going on today. Uh, this event was originally going to be hosted by Dallas. However, uh, he's going to be taking a bit of a break for the time being, um, which we'll talk about in you know kind of our next section after this because it's kind of a topic I wanted to, to touch on in the community. Um, but he did ask if I could uh, host the event because he already got all the rules and all the submissions and all this stuff set up. So uh, this will be being hosted on my Twitch channel. It'll be going live at 7 p.m. EST today. Uh, basically, if, if you didn't hear about it. For two. Yeah. April 2nd. April the 2nd. Um, no April Fool's here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for anyone who hasn't heard, and I'll have the link in the description, basically uh, he made a Reddit post talking about the rules for this. And the idea is... Uh, I think there are a few bands like Sinestra and Valera and Localar, maybe. Uh, I'd have to double check. But people basically had to submit an idea for a team comp. And then with that comp, uh, in the comments, they're going to be... I think there are four of us who are going to be playing. Um, and every player is going to uh, have a choice of selecting a comp from the comments. That was written. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, and so whoever ends up winning the event... Uh, that person's going to be the one who wins the bundle. Uh, so I thought that was, like a, yeah, I thought he yeah, came up with a, a fun way to do it. Yeah, like it, it was different, you know, it gets people involved and in thinking about some creative stuff and it's not going to just be, oh, Valera Frost. Oh, Sinestra and Local Art. Like it, it promotes a little bit of diversity and it should be a lot of fun. So we're going to have some uh, repeat faces from uh, our draft event the other week. Um, as well as, uh, I believe at least one person who wasn't a part in that. Um, and then Dallas was originally going to play in it, but as he has some other stuff, he has to focus on for the time being, uh, I'll be subbing in. Um, we're going to choose the, uh, selection order randomly. People are going, so just like the draft random order, people get to choose their comp from the comments. It's going to be, uh, best of three single elimination so it shouldn't take too too long probably an hour and a half two hours at most and it should be a fun time so if you want to enter that the link will be in the description you can submit a comp there and uh, just do so before 7 p.m est on the day of this uh, going live and you will have a chance to get picked and potentially win if uh, your comp gets picked and uh, the person wins with it so kind of fun Shout out to Dallas for coming up with a really cool idea. Definitely uh, love seeing the creativity in the community. And it's nice seeing, you know, Blizzard throw a little bit of support th to uh, to the mercenary creators. You know, even 
even though obviously these are focused on the new expansion and stuff, not mercenaries packs or anything, it's still a really nice gesture uh, to show, you know, they know we exist. <laughs> so <laughs> big, uh, big shout out to them for helping out with this. It is the the bundle like we uh, were giving away with our contest. So it is the 60 packs, uh, the pre-order and the, I think it's like one random legendary, if I recall correctly. I think it's think. two. It's a two. It's one or two. I mean, clear. Uh, you know the one I'm talking about and a card back can't forget that so if you want a chance to win go uh, go enter there check it out 7pm EST over on my Twitch link to that in the description um, the uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about here is uh, this is kind of related so you know we had Dallas on the show very recently and it was great having him on real nice guy real good player and great creator and recently he announced he is going to be taking a bit of time away from the game. Um, I wish I could say this was an uncommon occurrence, but unfortunately it's not. And it's, I don't know, it's just it's something I wanted to bring up because it's, it's unfortunate to me. We've had a lot of great players and creators who've been involved with the community and the mode. And unfortunately due to most of the time, the reason people are stepping away is it's not because of balance. It's not because of really kind of the state of where PVP is at, even though I'm sure most people would agree it does have its fair share of issues. The The big thing is the commitment of time. Um, and time is really the big factor. Uh, you know, people have seen a few people like to meme about oh, it's it's pay to win. Uh, mercenaries paid when you know you get your your characters that that extra stat bonus from coins like as as someone who did put a fair amount of money into the game initially it, it's just it doesn't work that way like it, it might help you in the beginning to get some of those initial characters leveled up but your returns become so diminishing so quickly with the current pack system that you could literally throw hundreds if not thousands of dollars at this game if you really wanted to and you're not guaranteed any progression towards new characters. And so the, the, the issue here is that the, the time commitment, even if you were someone who wanted to throw all this money at it because you don't have the time to commit to it, you can't skip the, the time commitment, it, no matter what you do. That is just a flat requirement. And unfortunately, it is such a overwhelming requirement when you compare it especially to any other mode in the game whether it be standard arena duels like literally battlegrounds anything in the game nothing has a quarter of the amount of time commitment that uh, mercenaries has and that on its own wouldn't be a bad thing if people were thoroughly enjoying themselves with the time they were put in but because of and we've talked on this before the kind of lackluster state of pve and the lack of a proper end game for it people aren't really enjoying that huge amount of time they have to commit to play the game that they want to play, which a lot of the times is PVP, um, at least on the content creator side. And it's, it's really frustrating and kind of disappointing. You know, we're already half a year into it and some of these glaring issues that have been identified since launch just haven't, there hasn't been progress made on them really. And we can see it it's driving people away from the game you know maybe not permanently uh maybe some of these people will come back as things change but i can think of multiple creators now 
Dallas just being one of the more recent ones, but you, if anyone who was around at launch probably remembers Martim on the EU server. He was one of the best players, and he was doing some content, both Twitch and YouTube. Uh, Team America was uh, playing a bunch of Mercs in the beginning. I know I watched a lot of his stuff. Uh, Rarin was, you know, the biggest Mercs person in the community, and all these players have moved on, and... For the most part, you know, there are some complaints about balance, Valera, all that kind of stuff. But really, and I say this as someone who, you know, does a ton of content for mercenaries, it requires an insane amount of time to fully devote. And you can't split that. Like, I, if I wanted to do constructed Hearthstone or duels or whatever, I don't have the time. And I'm dedicating, like, full-time basically essentially a full-time job's worth of effort towards this and even i feel like i can't keep up with sometimes so it's like how can you expect other people to be willing to do that when we we just don't feel like the the progress is being made on the things that make it so difficult for creating content for this mode yeah I mean, honestly, literally even today, I was, we were driving back home and I was talking to my friend and we mercenaries came up at some point and, and he was like, yeah, I mean, I tried it and I tried playing it because you said that it was sick and I went in, I looked at how long it was going to take me. I looked at my abilities and was like, oh, these are kind of cool, but I want to try some other dude and went and I said, how many hours is going to take? Okay, never mind. And I haven't touched the game since. And they just people can literally glance at this mode and just immediately know that it's not for them. And like that sucks. But to make it better, I was also recently talking to my dad and a sweet way to solve PVE that we haven't talked about yet mm -hmm. that maybe could fit well into this. I'm going to like drop this here is that he's a big summoners war one trick. Mm -hmm. which is kind of another huge apparently way bigger than i kind of thought like almost explicitly in the like gotcha realm of games for the okay. most part but it's like it's an idle battler type of those games but there's it's it's been so fleshed out now to this point that there is like full-blown pvp there's a full-blown ladder but they have two big things that i think would behoove mercenaries immensely that we haven't mm -hmm. talked about at all yet one of those is a guild system mm -hmm. so in this case but it's like a mercenaries like a band of mercenaries system right where you literally basically get to say you have four slots of homies you can invite four for like actual battle net friends to join your mercenary party and then there's a leaderboard for how deep can each guild push and you literally have like a guild pushing content type of narrative which is like the narrative in wow that's just what like there are major guilds like wow is literally like the precedented guild game and so you could pull in some of that into mercenaries and now all of a sudden yeah you have like your frost mage your orc one trick and then your shadow one trick and you three every month or however you could have 10 people as part of your guild, who knows what, but you're now competing as guilds against other guilds for a progression system. And that could be in PVP, that could be in a PVE system, that could be in all kinds of stuff. So I, as soon as he started talking about that, I was like, whoa, that is sick. That would be so cool. The second thing that basically what these guilds are really used for in Summoner's War, again, from what I understand, is every like week, there's a, like a super dungeon that opens mm -hmm. up. And that super dungeon has like a ton of different levels in it that you can pick a path to go through. And 
you get basically you have like a daily quest number of lives that you can go and try to succeed in this PVE content. So it's kind of like an endless mode, but not it's it's like an endless mode that we've talked about where like just go until you get a big enough score or you mm -hmm. lose. So it's like a, an endless mode that's kind of tampered down and you have a number of lives per day to kind of use. And as soon as you're out of lives, you're out. You have to wait until the reset is back and then you can go again. But again, like your guild will push together and there are difficulties. So there's like normal, hard and hell or whatever. And that can be all of a sudden a cool new mode to be able to push through again. And you just take a bounty, blow it up to like 50 pages wide in every direction and you just go. And how deep can you go? And you get but literally like that map persists for like a week. And then you go and you try to push through it and you try to push through it and you try to push through it. And then you can see zombies beat this on hell with this comp. And this is what equipment he was using. And if you want to try, you can maybe try doing it with that. But Mullahu beat it with this one, but he took a different path and they got to the boss and those are rewards at that end. So that would be, I think, an amazing, amazing, amazing way to look in. And when you think about it, honestly, it looks like they mirrored Summoner's War in what they were trying to replicate almost more than Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Summoner's War is very much so like a team of five or six or whatever. You have your abilities, you have your equipment, and then you have a progression system and how you PVE. And there's, but without the dusting and without the actual like economic impacts in the same way but um i thought it was really some really cool angles that again other games have that we haven't talked about yet but a guild let me get a guild system for mercenaries that could because what other better way to bring it in than like getting your friends to incentivize them to play with you and then you make it so you can share your collection with them so when you friendly oh. battle you can share collection now that gets tied in and now all of a sudden you can practice with each other and then go run into these things there's a leaderboard now and you can do guild like world's first content races and stuff which would be really cool like the options are literally as always with this game mode endless just pick one and do it please yeah no that's a that's a really neat idea i think you could even borrow uh from mechanics we already know have been tested in hearthstone before in terms of i think there was uh, what's it it's uh I think they had a fireside thing where players could all contribute damage versus like a big raid boss type uh, thing. Uh, yeah. It was like a local event thing. Do basically what you said. You know, you have a guild system, and it's funny. I think Ixar has actually mentioned wanting to do something like that in just across oh. all of Hearthstone. So definitely not off the table there yeah, for something uh, like that. And, but imagine you, you know, you you get you know your guild of however many people. Um, definitely has to be a cap on it but like four people five people ten people whatever and then have that weekly thing or monthly thing or whatever you want to be set number of lives or tries or whatever but what if once you get to that boss it's a super stacked high hp really hard to kill but it remembers the damage it remembers where uh, you got yeah. with your other like, party members how, how far your guild pushed like it makes the boss easier by the time you then get to them or whatever yeah like basically like let's say the boss has a thousand health or something and you just did a run where you got it down like 200 or something and then i go in and it's only at that 800 mm. and so it, it would just be kind of an interesting way like, to do multiplayer without actually having to redesign the game yeah. to support multiplayer because you don't have to add another aspect to the board it's still just you it's still just your mercenaries but you would contribute with your team to getting this boss down you could I like that so that i i really i think that's a neat idea i've never heard of uh the game before but you know there there are a lot of other games in this kind of genre that 
you know, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Like there are a lot of great ideas out there from similar games. They just, like you said, they just need to pick something and do it. They, they need to give us a reason to kind of play the, the PVE more. I think like give us that end game. They, they talked about long ago having to work on. And I think people will play it because we've talked about it last time. It, I really enjoyed the PV more when I felt like I was getting a reward for it. And I think that would be a great way to do a bigger reward. Like you could compete for a leaderboard slot. You could get a bunch of coins if you finally do manage to defeat it or a skin or something. Uh, that's just not standard yeah, structure. That's how you get your diamond. That's how you like you, if you actually full clear the boss for that week or whatever, for that month, you get or something special. Is, yeah. And you get like a special diamond skin that says like, what's up? My guild beat this boss that that month or whatever. Yeah, that would be so sick. So sick. Yeah, I think we really do just need more of that type of thing that really feels like it's rewarding you for playing the game. And, you know, doing something simple like that for like a, a monthly type thing, it's kind of like getting your card back in in uh, standard or whatever. It's just a bit harder, right? But yeah, like a hard, a hard mode version. Yeah. You know, if you do get like a diamond portrait or a special portrait or whatever, that feels like a, a more uh, kind of worthy reward of something like that and it doesn't impact gameplay right you're not locking a mercenary behind it uh you're you know it's a playable character it's just you can kind of flex hey i have this awesome accomplishment i worked hard to do this and i got rewarded for it and i think we're we're already starting to see them go in that direction a little bit with like the leroy event and how sure, that was sure. our first free diamond portrait opportunity so i hope uh this is more of a path they can go down because uh, especially if you can give something that is exclusive to that type of thing and really reward people for being invested with the mode early on. I think that's a, a great way to kind of just give people who already are invested into the mode a reason to keep playing outside of going and jamming some PvP games, which we very much enjoy. But, you know, it shouldn't be the only thing, right? It It shouldn't be... I'd like if I had a compelling reason to play PVE that wasn't oh just so I can get my characters maxed for PVP. Um, yeah. And currently we lack that. So cool idea. Appreciate you bringing that up. And I think that's another thing that would also bring back creators or incentivize yeah. new creators because yeah. that would be awesome content. That would be so cool, you know, to have people working on like guides or working on different strategies and stuff, especially on something that you have a limited amount of tries on. So people would yeah. really want to do their research, find out what is the best thing I can be doing here. Like it just seems like a win-win for both the community in terms of content and creators in terms of uh, just new cool stuff to focus around. Like the events have been a step in that direction, which have been great. But I think, Incorporating that into a, a PVE style end game would really do a lot to uh, to help out with some of the problems of the mode. Obviously, that on its own wouldn't fix the uh, the issue with time stuff, but I'm hoping that's one of those things we we see in an eventual relaunch or in the uh, supposed excess coins fix eventually. Uh, at some point, I think they are going to have to just basically throw their hands up and say, hey, we have to make this a bit more accessible. Otherwise, it's just not going to be sustainable in the long term. Um, that's what I'm hoping for. And uh, I guess only the future will uh, will tell, but we won't have to wait too, too long to see 
a bit of uh, stuff about the future um, because April 5th, a few days from this podcast, we have the new Hearthstone year announcement stuff. Uh, they're showing off the rest of the new set. They're showing off the core set. Typically, uh, when they do this type of stuff, they also show off a roadmap of the kind of uh, plans they have for the year. Like uh, last year when we got that, it showed, you know, new game mode in... I think it just showed a little bit earlier because Mercs got delayed a bit. Um, but it showed like, hey, this new game mode is coming. These new features are coming. I don't see why we wouldn't get something like that. Uh, something similar to that. I would be very, very surprised and a little concerned if we see another new game yeah, mode. Horrifying. Oh, <laughs> game mode, yeah. So, yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully well, not. Mercenaries 2. Mercenaries 2. Yeah. Launch yeah. <laughs> Boogaloo. Um, but I am hoping that we'll see a little bit of something thrown on there because they usually do you know there's a fair amount of detail in terms of like each uh you know hearthstone third of the year what they have planned you know new expansion and uh i know in years past they mentioned i think duplicate protection was on there in not so many words the duels was on there initially they, they throw a lot of stuff on there new class new and then some mystery ones so i'm hoping at the very least if they don't talk much about mercenaries given that you know uh, the announcements are going to be focused around constructed. I do hope on the roadmap that gives us a little bit of uh, information as to what to expect for the mode in the coming months and uh, rest of the Hearthstone year. Um, so hopefully we'll have a lot more to talk about that um, next week. So that'll be cool. Um, also, just very brief overview of some meta stuff here. Uh, there's not too, too much to, to talk about in terms of the metagame, as, uh, in my opinion, things really haven't 100% settled yet. Uh, I think that's in part due to Dragons being a rather complex comp, and one that I think is much, much harder to optimize the perfect build for um, than some other comps we've seen in the past, like most notably the Valera Frost comp. That was found very quickly early on, and I think optimized rather quickly and early on. Whereas the dragons, you know... Got too many dragons. Yeah. We went from no dragons to finally... Exactly. Tribe where we have too many pieces to master around with, which is great. I, this is a little bit prophetic. Hopefully the future is like, we have too many toys to figure out what mm -hmm. the best toy house is. Like, that, that, that'd be sick. That'd be great. And, and it should be an inevitability. Like, Pokemon style, we have... 800 grass type pokemon what the heck does mono grass look like i don't know but that that's the cool part hopefully and so would you say that this has been a that this is a good problem that dragons has right now of like having too many dragons to figure out yeah um definitely i i think just having that critical mass of support and having more than just and we'll talk about this in a minute uh frost right you know, this actually blew my mind looking at the last Meta Monday stuff, but, and when I was doing my uh, kind of uh, beginner guide for what to focus on, I didn't realize Frost only has four units. For it, it, Just because of how impactful they are, it always felt like more to me. It felt like they had at least five. Like we talked about before starting the up. Elemental is pretending. Yeah, the, the Elemental is an honorary uh, Frost member, right? Because uh, it has the strength of basically a full blown mercenary. Yeah. <laughs> Because better than some of the original mercenaries uh, for real. Summon. Um, but I think because of that, it's like you don't you aren't really making much uh, in the way of like 
I don't know, hard decisions when you're building a comp. And that was kind of what bummed me out a little bit doing the last uh, Meta Monday video was that 10 out of 14 of the top comps were basically using the Frost Core. So it was either all four Frost units or at least three of them. And that's a problem. I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's not uh, unusual for, you know, two weeks after the characters have come out for the... Uh, comps that were still very big in the last meta to still be overrepresented and stuff because it does take a lot of time to level these characters people have to find good builds all that stuff but 10 out of 14 that is so so many and too many like i i just got tired of almost repeating myself when i went over the graph because it's like oh we got belinda oh we got localar oh we got jaina we got varden oh wow that's like the whole comp like Literally, there were multiple comps on there where it was the exact same comp. It was just a difference in like Varden item, and they were they were still making up huge. Both of them were making up huge percentages of the meta, and it's just like it, it's discouraging. Uh, because um, getting back to your original question, like that's why I think dragons are awesome, is because we don't just have six dragons, throw them all in a comp, and call it a day. I've been experimenting with a bunch of different stuff with them, been trying out Alex Straws in here, um, Deathwing in there, like just different stuff to see what is the best way to go with this. Do we actually want all six dragons? Is it better to go five dragons and then like a Localar or a Cookie for the extra health? Um, it's, it's hard to say, but I think the reason why I've enjoyed playing and experimenting with the dragons so much is because it is not clear to me what the best ones to throw in any given comp are and they can play differently depending on which ones you choose to include which items you choose to run like nefarian's a great example of that you can buff up all your dragons to make them really really strong you can make them more sustain heavy with the healing when dragons die there's just a lot of different ways you can build them same with longjin like we talked about before you can have longjin be a very powerful open it can be a very powerful late game unit and it plays totally differently so i think because of that just that flexibility you get in terms of I can have two or three different dragon comps and they don't play out exactly the same. That's a net positive for the game. And I think that's really what you want to strive for with uh tribal units. Like you do that. And that's why, like if we do just get one more powerful demon or one more powerful Murloc, that'd be great, but it'd be great if we got more than just one character like that. Cause I don't want more, Valeras that just boost up the archetype because they got one cracked unit. I want to have choice. I want to, you know, have a reason to run Jaraxxus in a demon comp with one demon over another. Like, I, I think dra they nailed that with dragons, and I hope we can see more of that in the future with other tribes. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think Frost was just kind of the first example of. We finally had four. They, they were kind of the first example of like, all right, now you have a, a full front line and still another unit. To me, that was like a big standout for why Frost became so good. Mm -hmm. Was because if you could if you could open three of the same Merc, like the with Murlocs are actually a pretty good example, right? Where if like if you open triple Murlocs and they take out one of your Murlocs, it kind of falls apart. Mm -hmm. And with Frost, if you took out one of their Frost dudes and they they were already doing a good job of like being annoying to take out because you've got the Ice Block Talisman, you've got the Varden Death Battle. Um, but the problem was like, OK, if you killed, if you br tried to break up the party of Frost, 
they still brought another frost guy in mm-hmm. and all their stacking continued for another whole humongous sequence of plays and that i think really kind of tipped the scales and we saw dragons almost like jump past that point and they never really only had four they almost had like not enough or way too many and mm-hmm. that that was cool i think that almost ended up being a lot more beneficial to the meta beneficial to all kinds of stuff because if there's is choice then um people will mess around and i wonder also too if like if we're just seeing people if we're seeing in real time potentially with frost dominance the realities of the catch-up meta where like we've been talking about this long enough that people have now realized like okay this deck is nuts i'm gonna make it and catch up to everybody and in a month it is as actually happened to still be an extremely dominant if not one of the best decks in the format and people are getting rewarded for listening maybe a little late and having to catch up and spend the two weeks or whatever it is to get that deck grinded. But we're just almost like seeing the ripple effect of what we have been talking about maybe for the first time. So that could be a weird little phenomenon that we're just not familiar with because it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, that's a good point. And I mean, we, we've seen this type of thing happen before in other formats where it's like a new powerful thing will be found at the top. And it doesn't make its way down to across all ranks right away. And I think Merck's, uh kind of exasperates that problem because it's like not only it's not about players having to become aware of it, it's players having to farm up the units. So it's going to take yeah. longer. And, oh, yeah. you know, while we've been experiencing frost at the top for quite some time, um, I think it's it's definitely at that point where. You know people have realized it's strong and even when new stuff comes out it continues to be strong so i think people are more uh not people... willing to buy in exactly deck, basically yeah like, Which, like I, I mean yeah. talk about if if you this is a horrifying format to potentially risk buying into something and if it just becomes invalidated like you actually lose tangible human hours off of your life tens of hours that sucks sucks. yeah Um, but theoretically your deck never should get fully boxed out forever right there is this again very spooky line that mercenaries has promised to tow but it's that hey it might not be good for a little bit or figure it out or just hang on and you'll get some more support but the the threat of having to spend as many hours as you need to to get a playable deck and then it might just get outscaled that is yet another thing on this pyramid of accessibility difficulty uh, that the community is is witnessing firsthand yeah definitely i mean i think we saw a great example of this with chiji while chiji was bugged chiji was showing up in a bunch of bunch of stuff seemed really powerful post uh chiji bug fix GG, I've seen a small handful of times, and let me tell you that HS replay win rate. While it's not you know indicative of the whole game and everything, it's it's bad. It GG is not showing up in comps that are above fifty percent win rate for the most part, and that's a pretty low bar in mercenaries. Yeah, in mercenaries, uh, the win rates are high. Yeah, like most of your not even like best comps in the game. Most of your like generally solid comps are at least like 60 percent win rate a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, or somewhere around that range. And when you see below 50% in this game, it's not a good something, sign. Something for, is for wrong. The comp. Yeah. yeah, it's and that sucks because Chi-Gi is a fun and interesting character, and I wanted to use them more. And obviously, you know, it's good that they fixed the bug because it wasn't working how it was supposed to, but it, it sucks for people who, you know, saw this cool build, 
uh, didn't know that it was bugged because the game doesn't make that clear, obviously, because it's a bug. And we weren't even sure. We were, we were clicking yeah. the button and we were like, I think this is bugged. Maybe. Like, yeah. It's a weird bug to have to get where the people don't even know. Exactly. And so people could have put all this time into leveling this character and then had some fun with it. It was really good. Patch hits. And now it's awful. Uh, you know, it's just not not the worst mark in the world, but it's not seeing anywhere near the level of play and the level of success it was seeing before. And that sucks because, like you said, you know, tangible hours, tens of hours, getting a character up. And even if you're not maxing them, just getting them like PvP ready, it takes a lot of time. And there's no way to skip that. Like you, you do that or you don't do that. <laughs> it, it, that those are your choices. Um, you, you put in the time or you don't. And I think it can be very discouraging to someone who's put in a lot of this time especially if they already aren't the biggest fan of the PV in its current form. And then it feels like they did all that time for nothing, at least until, you know, maybe it gets more support down the road, but like that's, that's not even a guarantee. And it just, it's a feels bad. And I think the more of those we can avoid the better. Um, so I think it makes a lot of sense that even though frost can be incredibly annoying and, uh, and kind of gatekeeps a lot of stuff out of the meta, in my opinion, it makes sense for people to be going all in on it because they've seen the last two, three releases, new stuff comes in, there there might be a new build or two that might be able to beat it, but it still is just dominant over so many things in the game. It's like, it's safe. It's, it's Karen Diablo cookie at launch. It is the safe craft that if you want to win some games and... That'll help you get up your other characters by getting those PvP chests. That's what you're going to probably craft. And it also is a bit easier to play, than, definitely than dragons. Um, so uh, I think that's another uh, factor there. I did want to mention uh, something I've noticed. The themes of the kind of expansion or where main Hearthstone is at seem to generally directly influence uh, mercenaries. And we talked about this a little bit uh, before the show, but... You can't make Lokalar a fell unit. You can't make him uh, a fire unit because they already designed the, the character of Lokalar. Um, I don't know if he was a, an original Hearthstone character, or if he did show up in Alderac Valley, but either way, they designed the character in a way that he couldn't be anything but Frost. Yeah, like he's got to be Frost guy. That, because that's that's just the way he's designed, and it fit in the Alterac Valley theme, which we got all these Frost units in Alterac. Then Anixia's Lair came in. We got the dragons before that with the Celestial stuff, and then we got full-on dragons in the last drop. So it feels like the, the new merch drops are very much tied to what's going on in main Hearthstone, which generally I think is a smart thing to do. Um, but I think it's also a little bit dangerous because... I think the dragon drop succeeded in giving us a critical mass without making it be uh, like without making it play itself, essentially. Whereas Frost, I think even though there can be, you know, uh, depth to the lines in it and whatnot, in, in terms of deck building decisions, it feels a lot more limiting. It feels like this core is good. You throw it in, you pick your other two mercs and you call it a day. And I think that gets stagnant a lot more quickly in terms of player enjoyment, whether you're playing with it or against it compared to something like with the dragons where it's like, I I've tried like a few different equipments or swapping out one dragon for another. And it totally changes how the build functions in a lot of ways. And that's, 
what I want to see more of. So I'm hoping, um, you know, maybe not getting seven mercs every time, but more uh, in the way of if they're going to give us a bunch of characters uh, for a certain theme. Spread them out instead. Yeah, just just give give me more of a reason to uh, have interesting deck building decisions with them rather than saying, oh, these are my four fell characters. They synergize together, throw them all in a comp, maybe slap a Localar, a Cookie, Valera, whatever your other overpowered, generally independently strong unit is in there and call it a day. Like it, it's kind of like the, the problem I've had with standard for a long time is uh, because of, especially uh, when rotation happens and the carpool is small, feels like there are only so many cards so if a package is good you throw that whole package in your deck and you have a good deck and you can tweak some cards around it and you know change it a little bit but you're not going to remove any of that package right you're not going to remove the mech package from mech mage or whatever the the tribal thing is right if it's actually good i think that's the problem frost has uh, and i'm hoping that that's not one we see repeated because we know it can be a lot more diverse and interesting uh, with how we saw with dragons, right? Like the first dragon drop really made it so like the only place they were really seeing play for the most part was in nature dragons. People tried out a few different builds, but nature dragons was the one that stuck around and you lead with your three dragons and then you have nature bench and they have some synergy there, but there wasn't a whole lot in terms of changing stuff up. It was less deck building. Than exactly. Than but then that changed immediately afterwards because we got just a critical mass of dragons. So it's like now I can have a full dragon team and it's not just going to be those same three. And that opened up the leads and the benches to just be totally, totally different, which I think in the long term, that is kind of what you want for a healthy meta and an enjoyable meta where, you know, you don't know that you're going to be running into Frostfalera, GVT, Nature Dragons. You don't know those are going to be the things you're seeing. Um it just, at least for me, uh, that's kind of what I enjoy about uh, Mercenaries is is that those deck building, uh, comp building challenges, and I hope we see more of that with uh, with whatever tribes they want to support in the future. Some of the, the neglected ones, or even some new tribes. Um, but yeah, that's that's something. At least a pattern I've noticed. Uh, you know, it's very tied to what is going on in base Hearthstone. So maybe we'll see some Nagas. Maybe, like we said in the beginning, we'll see some more Murlocs, like with Finley. I think we're going to get Nagas for sure. Um, kind of an interesting question to propose is, will there be any Colossus mercenaries? Will there be any mercenaries that are like the Colossus where it takes up two spaces on the board and uh, it's linked together? Like that could be pretty like cool. Yeah, like summons that are actually tied to the health or mm -hmm. effectiveness of your character too. Like all the summons right now are very disjointed from whoever they from whoever they have. So someone that just has comes in and it summons something. Uh I mean Colossus would be really cool. Colossal or whatever as a as a keyword would be super duper sick to see. I wonder it's I'm a little bit afraid of it being like that's something that you put into the game like 50 mercs from now <laughs> now i mm -hmm. think and so that that's the only like semi bummer and maybe they'll dabble in something like a kind of um what's it called in Yu-Gi-Oh, where you like 
multiple like you sack like multiple people to be able to summon one dude yeah like it's special like, summoning or yeah, link yeah, summoning like special summoner, right yeah but where it's like you get to you can you can kind of sacrifice multiple mercs in order mm-hmm. to get like one big fancy but i maybe that's how you do colossal stuff right is you can be like there they have to be in your bench mm-hmm. and then you can sacrifice or use up some of your frontline people to be able to like special summon summon special summon someone from your deck in some way um but no i, th- I think the colossal stuff would be really exciting to see that would be awesome yeah i i mean i think it's unlikely given um just like you said it'd probably be a bit early for something that complex mm-hmm. uh, in terms of design but you know we know the technologies in the game to to you know have a character enter and have two different entities be tied to the same character and stuff like that and i think they could do it in kind of a way like uh i think the shaman one is a great example where you obviously can't have a a, a colossus with three more or four more summons given the the limitations of the mercs board but like maybe the paladin one where it's like two or the the warlock one where it's like two that could make a lot more sense because you know i mean that's just like eudora summoning a cannon or something um, but it could be linked together and, you know, one could die and it could still stick around, but it could have an effect on it. Like the, I, I like the, the shaman one as an example, cause the, the lower parts of it all have taunt. And then when things die, the shaman one gets bigger. So it's like the taunt could be small, but it's still kind of protecting your guys from maybe something like Belinda elemental. It could be the size of like a, a normal summon or whatever, kind of like big brother, maybe a little smaller or something like that. But the the main part of it could have a thematic thing where it could be like the shaman one where it's like, oh, well, when your taunt units die or whatever, boom, he gets bigger or there are a lot of interesting designs you could do with it. I think it's unlikely, but it would be cool to uh, to see something like that included. Definitely sweet. It could actually also take up the colossal would be probably the best way to do something inevitably right again like power creep wide like design complexity probably takes a while but something like your team includes five mercenaries and it takes up a second slot right like it actually counts as a two for one mercenary that seems like and then both could be like big sizes or like regular merc sizes it comes with like a huge amount of it comes with two or three things on the board and yeah yeah if that's it a cool three idea or like you're trolling if you want to summon more like deal with it <laughs> yes you have one giant big dude you can't summon more but you get if you want to play five mercs and have one gigantic merc that takes up two that that would be a really funky thing down the line so that who knows maybe we'll get it uh sooner than we think yeah i mean and you know it would sound perfect for that if we're thinking about it it's not a card or character i think we're gonna see in the initial expansion but it's one i'm expecting in the eventual mini set and one I definitely think is going to be a Colossus for Standard and Constructed is going to be Nizoth, right? Like we've seen in the trailer, uh, the Nizoth fish shows up. We know the lore there of uh, Nizoth basically, you know, corrupting uh, the, the queen and whatnot. So I think it's very likely. Okay. And think about it. What character like that already exists is more fitting than Nizoth for a Colossal minion? Like, he has all the tentacles and stuff. Like, we've already seen the Demon Hunter one. Like, he would be perfect for a Colossal minion. Mm -hmm. And if we do get a Nizoth in the mini set eventually, there's no way they don't do a Nizoth mercenary. That's just way too much of a missed opportunity. It doesn't mean it's going to also be a Colossus, but I think if they were going to do something like that, 
I think that's where we'd see it because it, it's just it's such a flavor win and <laughs> it just it makes sense with the theme the story all that type of stuff and I think it like if there's a character that was made for doing something cool with having you know multiple minions attached to it as appendages Nizoth is it like ever since seeing that original Nizoth art it's like it just it's screaming for it basically so yeah. hopefully uh, that that could totally be and I, it's not unreal so we know that this year at least historically the way that standard or the way that hearthstone does its expansions and stuff is that once one year it's triple connected sets so like all three are part of like abc or like mm -hmm. a1 a2 a3 but then the next year is actual like abc like three different sets or like a1 x or whatever right like mm -hmm. very different but what if the thematic connection is the first part is the one that ends in Nizoth, the second part is the one that ends in Cthune, and then the third one is the one that ends in Yogg. And we kind of have a three, like a semi-connected, but we go to three totally different places. They end with like the final version of, like we were like wrap up all the old god stuff, right? We've been doing mm -hmm. old god stuff for like a, a while, but if we kind of set them free in their own little homelands, right? So we have Nizoth that's under the water, Cthun that is somewhere, Yogg that's in like crazy space spell world. Um, that could be a pretty cool way to do it. And then, yeah, we slowly get those three different ones in mercenaries. They could be colossal ones themselves. Um, okay. I'm, could be onto something. Could be onto something. Yeah. And we uh, a great comparison for that is, and I think uh, Magic has done a great job with this, are the Praetors in Magic, right? Like the Phyrexians have been like uh, a much beloved part of the, the lore, kind of like the old gods uh, have been much beloved in Hearthstone. And what they were doing in recent sets was they weren't basing their set totally around those characters. They were doing, you know, interesting different settings that didn't necessarily relate to each other, but they were having those characters pop up in that setting and being kind of themed to that setting. And I think that could be an interesting way of doing it where it's like, the expansions don't have to be related to each other, but right. like you said, we could get, you know, Nazoth under the sea in his habitat. They could do a totally different and unconnected theme uh, for the next expansion or two, but still have those characters show up and have them kind of reflect that theme. Whereas like Nazoth can ha have the Colossus type and whatever fancy thing they do True, in the next one. Carries yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'd be sweet. And it would feel, I think it would feel different than any way we've gotten the old gods before because every other time we've gotten them all in the same set and it's kind of themed around them in some way or another um, yeah. whereas this it would the set theme would be coming first and they would kind of be a part of that or be reflective of that so if they do want to reintroduce those characters and I think they will for at least Nazoth um, I think that'd be a cool way of doing it but I agree I agree I think that is going to uh, pretty much wrap things up for us this week. Shorter episode this week. Uh, not too, too much in terms of, you know, news and meta developments. Hopefully for next week, we'll have a little bit more clear of a picture on the, the current metagame. You know, new stuff is seeing play, but I think outside of like maybe the, the Voon Green Dragon deck and, you know, Kazakus thing or two, uh, I think the meta is rather far from refined in terms of these new units. And dragons especially are so complex in terms of the builds and the play lines i think it's going to take longer than it has in the past to find that best build or the optimal build um just because i mean 
to me, playing dragons is like it's it's almost playing a whole nother game in terms of the amount of decision making you have at your Good. disposal, yeah. which is awesome That's, and yeah. something I want to see more of. So we'll uh, we'll hopefully have more to talk about on that next week. Um, crossing our fingers that uh, April's going to be a bit more of a easy month in terms of uh, scheduling stuff. Hopefully, we'll have you know all three of us a little bit more often, which would be great. Um, and we do have an end question here. Uh, so this is going to be related to the draft. So uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I hosted a mercenaries draft on North America last weekend. It was so, so much fun. Um, so I just wanted to kind of get a feel on what we thought about uh, kind of the idea of draft and mercenaries. I know uh, EU was the server that really started this off shout out to grumpy doing a great job with these i think he's done two or three of these draft events and that's what inspired me because it looked like so much fun watching them play and uh, i heard a lot of people on na saying hey when are we gonna get to do this mm -hmm. so you know the insert thanos meme here you know we'll, we'll do it ourselves um because <laughs> we're certainly not waiting for the game to give it to us uh but it was really yeah it was really really fun um and for anyone who missed that uh, I'm going to be putting a edited down version of it up on YouTube tomorrow, so Sunday. Uh, the The whole event lasted a bit over six hours, so uh, I don't know how long it's going to be after editing editing out the downtime. But but if you want to see more about that and hear more about that, uh, definitely check that out tomorrow. And the VOD is up on Twitch as well if you want to see the whole thing uncut, like boom how we did it live uh also really cool we actually had uh one of the developers uh pop into the chat for a bit and give us a little bit of uh insight and just it was it was really fun having them there and uh talking to someone who's involved with the mode uh so Wait, that was what they say who was it uh it was uh the best tests uh and it's funny she's actually the uh or they're actually the the one who uh designed long gen um, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so that we, we talked with them a little bit in the, the chat, they, they popped up and gave us a little bit of insight. Um, we talked a little bit about some of the bugs and that was great. Cause they, they told us, you know, Hey, you know, this, this nefarian bug and this Elon bug should be fixed, you know, very soon. So it was, it was just nice to, to get a little bit of communication there. And if nothing else, like, um, it was cool seeing them, you know, watching and enjoying the the you know kind of self-made community mode because yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good to know that they're watching right like they, yeah it's we, it's we, we know that they're feeling. we know that they're looking we know that they're watching that's big yeah no it, it's a definitely a good feeling um and so me personally i loved the draft this i think has the potential to be the kind of future of mercenaries events. I mean, I think it'd still be good for there to be constructed focused events where, you know, you do want to be playing with stuff that you're seeing on ladder. But I think if you want a fresh way to play the game and make characters useful that are not otherwise useful, this is a great way to do it without having an elaborate system like we had in Popper of banning a particular item or whatever that worked out in the beginning because of the dominance of task seven items but now we're getting characters with more good items and it's a very unclear ban list with that type of thing it's not something that's easy to remember whereas with this we uh we had you know everyone banned a mercenary 
then we got to pick our draft teams and none of these teams look like stuff you see on ladder but all the games were interesting a lot of them were very very close and it really tests a different kind of skill set uh, which i mean that's true in a lot of games you know draft compared to constructed you have to evaluate characters in a different way than you're used to for constructed like valira was one of the early bands so you're not worrying about Valera, Belinda, Varden. And even if those characters are in, the odds that the same person is going to get all of those characters, very unlikely. Like, it'd be yeah. incredibly hard to get a, a full Frost team or even, like, three Frost units, even maybe two Frost units, unless there's, you know, a critical mass of that unit available, like Dragons. So I loved this format. I'm definitely going to be doing more events like this. Uh, the reception was very positive, uh, from both players and viewers. Um, still have a few things to refine with it for sure, as that was our first run doing it, but I really love this, and that's coming from someone who typically doesn't... I'm not big into drafting in a lot of other card games, in Magic, and you know, even in Hearthstone with Arena. Draft's never really been my type of thing, but in Mercs, it's just totally different. It feels like the game lends itself to this kind of format incredibly well. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, it, it gives me like a little bit of like league vibes in that sense that like, I wonder how much of you not liking limited formats and some of those other games is because it's like, okay, open pure random nonsense. Okay, open pure random nonsense. Mm -hmm. Okay, open pure random nonsense. And you just do that 45 times or whatever, right? Like where at least at this, because I'm totally there with you. I love like with it literally, I like drafting in league more than playing league. Like it is so it's just a completely different video game. You're 100 percent right. And so this definitely feels like that where League is like, all right, there's a hundred and something characters ban a couple and then both teams try to build a team and both teams try to build a comp. And this is exactly what Mercenaries is. We're about to have 75 to 100 characters and you ban some stuff and then you try to build a team. And except it's weirder, obviously, with eight different people or however many people you run it with. But then this event ends up lending itself really well to things like invitationals and things where you just need eight people and you just run it and you get an entire event off of just only so many signups, which, again, is really good for small style communities that have this depth of complexity that ours has. So, um, no, I'm. I'm I 100% am with you in thinking that draft is maybe not the entire future, but mm -hmm. absolutely should be in the future of mercenaries. Yeah, it just it feels like there's so much potential in it just tests a different kind of skill set in terms of evaluating characters. You you don't know, for example, what is, you know, kind of in the rotation in the pool. Um, and we'll not going to dive all the way into how the draft works here. If you want to see that, definitely check out the video tomorrow or I'll have a link in the description as well that kind of has all the draft rules, the decks from last draft, all that kind of stuff. Uh, definitely check that out if it sounds interesting to you, because I will be doing more of these in the future. Uh, we did six people the first time. That felt like kind of a sweet spot, because even with six people round robin, it still took us about a bit over six hours. Um, so we do want to try and have it in a manageable time frame, because obviously not everyone can commit to just sitting down doing six hours of mercenaries and uh, admittedly it is a little exhausting playing and casting for six hours uh, but because of that I do think this could become kind of like a monthly thing I'm gonna try and make it uh, more of a regular thing I think monthly is good because you can kind of set a date so people know ahead of time they can clear their schedule and yeah I think 
eight is probably the max you'd want to cap it out at four is probably like the minimum we did six it was great uh definitely recommend checking that out when it drops tomorrow it'll be edited down a bit so it's just going to be the initial draft and then the game so no filler time or anything in between um so yeah if it sounds interesting to you definitely check that out and we'll probably talk about it more in the future because i i'm not exaggerating when i say you know i mean i play this game a bunch and that was easily some of if not the most fun i have ever had playing mercenaries i had to think about all these different characters and different uh kind of things you just never have to think about i mean wizard beast had fire damage on his ragnaros and we all laughed and memed on it at the beginning <laughs> But damn if it didn't do absolute work for him. Like, uh, and we saw like characters like Millhouse come in and just do some insane things. Like, it, it's just, it, and we even thought, you know, someone drafted uh, almost like a perfect holy comp, you know, Anduin, Cornelius, Velen, pretty much all the characters that you could want for a holy build. We were like, wow, you know, this is going to be pretty hard to, to, to beat and then it totally defied our expectations and wasn't nearly as good as we thought it was going to be so it, it's really fun it's really skill testing and i think it's going to be something we see a lot more of in the mercenaries community Thank yeah but uh that is going to wrap it up for this episode of the fighting pit again a little bit of a shorter episode but that's okay. We will probably have a bit of a longer one next week, hopefully, if there is more news or more meta developments or all that kind of stuff. So definitely stay tuned for that. Uh, we do want to thank you so much if you're still with us at this point. And, you know, as always, you can uh, find the show here on YouTube, all podcasting platforms, uh, Spotify, Apple, RSS feed, all that good stuff. You know where to find us at this point. We won't bore you with those details this time. We'll keep it short and sweet. But thanks for watching. We'll catch you in the next one. Peace. Hey, yes, everybody.